0: this week on Socratic Cinema.
1: One in the room needs to be on the exact same wavelength to laugh at like a dog in a silly hat and the fact that there's a gorilla harassing the school. Like watching that again is so funny to me and the people I was watching with just were not laughing at all. Everyone, Professor, Professor Delicio has just delivered Professor another incredible sermon. Thank you. Oh wait, no, it's not what professors do. They deliver no, lectures, I mean, priests are the sermons. depends. Can you tell that I go to church and class?
2: Unrelated to anything we're talking about on the podcast right now, I almost just threw up.
1: What? <laughs> Whoa.
0: James, Charlie, what? I, I think we're lost.
2: Oh, man. Oh, not again.
0: We've, we've ran into some oddly comforting, yet oddly terrifying people on this journey back to Socratic headquarters, and I, I don't know where we are.
1: Well, I think I saw Willem Dafoe in a lighthouse keeper's costume, so we're not far away.
0: Charlie, what if What if you wore the dunce cap, and what no. if you lost your talking privileges? James, where do you
2: think we are? <laughs> it's like preschool all over again. <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> Let me ask my little frog, Charlie Heatherly.
1: <laughs> Beware so the Ironwood <laughs> <laughs> <The laughs> tree.
0: Oh my gosh, do you even have any leftover <laughs> potatoes and molasses?
2: What is the beast song? La 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 la. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, like, I'm trying, we're to just...
0: trying to put as many references as we chop
2: the wood to light the fire. La 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 Charlie, clearly you didn't watch the show, or you would have. Yeah, saw obviously. <laughs> Apparently, I missed the beast song. Oh, Listen, yeah, this is actually embarrassing for you. This is, is very embarrassing. embarrassing for you. So, for you. in case you didn't know, in case you didn't know, case, you want to tell them what we're watching.
0: We watched
2: over the garden wall, and that's a rock oh. fact. Mm-hmm. Yep. Did you understand that it. reference, Charlie?
1: No, I got that one. I took okay. I just one. make
2: you took got you. Just making sure because you know you, you've kind of been unreliable with them so far.
0: Oh wow,
1: wow, wow. That's, Shade. that's offensive, James. I'm I'm a little I'm a little hurt by that. This I think I might pick, go bro? wander off into the woods and uh, go talk to a pumpkin. Uh, family, we're gonna have a good time over there. That's yeah. a reference. That's Absolutely. an episode too.
0: Yeah, wow, it good, is. Good, good, have good. some nice. Uh, anyways, we'll get to that. But <laughs> let's start off with our initial thoughts. Sorry, I I don't actually need to sing everything. But let's start off with our initial thoughts on over the garden wall. James,
2: take it away.
0: Take it Thank away, Penny. I feel like. <laughs>
2: I haven't give. I haven't done my thoughts first in so long. It's great to be back. I'm so happy to be here with you all today, talking about possibly. I think the epitome of fall media. I think you know Charlie's been asking for this for a long time. I'm a fan of this this show. This same my first same my first trip through the unknown. You know, I, I watched this back in like middle school. I adore Over the Garden Wall. I love Over the Garden Wall so much. Um. If if Over the Garden Wall has one million fans, I am one of them. If Over the Garden Wall has one fan, I am one of them. If Over the Garden Wall has zero fans, it's because I'm dead. Um, I love this show. I think it's it really just, okay, real talk. It captures the perfect blend of charm and tender feelings with melancholy and some genuinely spooky moments. I, I think the show is funny without ever being like, uh, cringy, funny or random, funny. I think Greg somehow manages to distill the perfect amount of stupid humor without it ever being grating. Greg is just a, a, a great little guy, and every character you meet in here, honestly, is so like robust. Like the woodsman, I would love an entire spinoff about him. Beatrice, Lorna, Auntie Whispers—like everyone here has so much going on, and, and the whole world is just so well built out. Um, it's impossible not to fall in love with this show, I'm convinced. And it's so approachable. The whole show is like shorter than a movie. So I, you have no excuse not to watch it. It's on Hulu. Uh, go watch it now. This is my, I think this was actually only my second time f- watching the full series. Um, and I loved it. I, I i have nothing to say but positive things. I love this show. Um, what do you want me? What do you want from me? It's a 10 out of 10. It's oh, a ten, out of 10. What do you want from me, huh? Perfecto.
0: Perfecto. Let's take it over to Charlie. Charlie. Chirali.
1: Whoa. Uh much like James. <laughs> <laughs> I got Italian there for a second. I apologize. Uh much like James, this is my second time watching it all the way through. And the first time I was introduced to it by my friend, uh, I think about a year ago, so I've been keeping up the tradition of watching it once every autumn. And it it is the best fall thing ever. I love it so much. You have to watch it eating pumpkin pie or or some sort of fall dessert. And it just gives you this wonderful feeling of nostalgia in a very weird way. And maybe it's because I watched a lot of uh, older animation when I was really younger. So a lot of the references that you find in the episodes to like Walt Disney skeletons uh, and to uh, the rotoscoping and something like uh, the St. Saint, the Saint, uh, James infirmly, infirmary blues. I can't talk right now. Uh, but you'll find a a lot of references, uh, to that in the show. And it's all cultivating this really nice feeling of nostalgia. I feel warm. I feel comforted. I listen to the blasting company who did the, uh, soundtrack for this song all the time when I'm working. Uh, I'll, I'll listen to, uh, their, oh gosh, I forget the name of their newest song, but it's about the civil war. It's actually quite good. Uh, but you should go look them up. But everything about the show makes me feel calm and comforted, even though it has this really eerie sort of creepiness to it. And much like James was saying, all the characters are incredibly fleshed out. I especially love Greg. I think Greg is the greatest child put to screen ever. So perfectly, just clueless all the time, doesn't know anything, uh, but just very heartwarming and charming. And I also really connect with Wurt and his inability to uh, give that note to uh the girl that he's really into because uh i think wort represents a, a part of all of us who are scared to go out reach for our, our dreams and then eventually we overcome that by killing a evil beast demon so you know it's a show that that really connects with me but overall over the garden wall it's got to be a 10 out of 10 it, it gives you all the warmth and fuzzies
0: yes okay i think This might be, I don't know if we've ever done this before, but I would also give it a 10 out of 10. It was just in general, a fun time. Like it was a good time. It's perfect, perfect, perfect fall media. There was just the right amount of spooks. There's the right amount of heart, the right amount of funnies. Like I just loved watching it. And even though there was like some of the character designs, like the design of like, the, the dog um, in, like, the first episode. They're like, oh, my gosh, it's the beast. Like, that was genuinely, like, oh, my gosh. That's kind of terrifying. And and the thing is, is like similarly to how I felt kind of watching shows like Gravity Falls, where it's like this isn't overtly scary, but because it's literal like children (laughs) that you're putting in these situations, I'm like, I'm scared for the kids, you know, like not necessarily like, oh my gosh, this is terrifying. But there were for sure some like, ooh, spooks like I don't I don't know what's gonna happen I'm kind of stressed out about it when they're like they're kids um it was definitely more of that feeling and oh. overall I I yes
2: I was just gonna ask was this your first was this your first time watching it
0: it was it was my first time watching oh that's it.
2: lovely yes oh, so beautiful.
0: it was very lovely and I definitely I definitely rewatch it I definitely recommend it to like my brothers um who are they're younger than me but they they'd be able to like handle it like that's the thing it's that it's not too it's not too much like there's not too much um like even I wouldn't even classify it as horror but there's not too much that could like freak someone younger no. than us because you know like we're teenagers like we for the most part are um <laughs> desensitized to a lot of things um, when it comes to like horror and scares and stuff like that. Uh, but overall, it was just a good time. Ten out of ten. Ten speak, out of speak ten. For yourself,
2: oh. I'm very sensitive.
0: Yes, we um, know, James. Mm, we know.
2: I, I'm a brave I still have my I was a brave boy sticker from when I saw Barbarian. Um yes, and but you I do. will
0: never let us live it down. But yes, you do.
2: Thank you. I mm-hmm. I'm glad you guys take it seriously, like I do. We do. Um, Here's my first question for you guys for our Socratic seminar, because that is the namesake of our show. Mm. What is your favorite episode of Ooh. Over the Garden Wall and why? Ooh. Let's start by talking about specific episodes, because this show is pretty, like, there's is, is there an overarching plot? Yeah, but it's yeah. pretty piecewise. It's pretty self-contained. Like, mm-hmm. some of the episodes definitely you could just watch as one-offs. Um, I
1: I think you have to break it up, though, because the final two episodes are very much plot driven. And they're, I think, unequivocally the best ones. Like they just are the best episodes uh, into the unknown and the unknown. So I think that separating those from the rest might be more helpful because the rest of them are are fairly
2: episodic mm, in nature. I don't know. Maybe you disagree. I want you to have to pick from all 10.
1: I feel like we're um, all gonna have the same answer if we all. He pick said, from- "Screw
2: that." No, I have, a, I have a, I have a, I think my answer is gonna be hashtag unique.
1: Oh, okay.
2: All right. Well, it's on like the count things. of three. Wait, let's no, this all is. Say the that's number. not gonna work over Discord. It's gonna sound really bad. <laughs> <laughs> number nine. Number nine. Yeah, fair. That's that a good. Number answer. nine. <laughs> really, both of you guys. Number nine. Um, I think that totally makes sense. Do you want to talk? Why? What? What makes you, Charlie? What makes you like number nine so much? Uh, this is an interview now. Oh, me? (gasps) Oh, goodness.
1: So I think that number nine does a really good job of tying together a lot of the weird stuff that the show is doing. Because uh, I actually watched this with my roommates, who are scholarly film people. They love Nolan, they love Quaron. They showed me *Itumama* e *Tambien*, and they loved the passion inside of it. They're that kind of person, right?
2: And <laughs> Nolan and Quaron, the uh, yes, the Cuaron. two classic pair of Christopher two, Nolan and Alfonso Quaron. Everyone, knows Cuaron. Cuaron. <laughs> everyone knows, all film scholars. Well, right. But if you like one, surely you like the other. Oh.
1: Exactly. Exactly. But I was watching it with them, and after the first episode, they looked to me and they said, Charlie, you said this is like one of the best animated shows ever. And I said, yes. And they said, I don't get it. And I was like, so you don't like it? And they're like, no, I just don't get it. Like, it's so random. The pacing's so weird. It has such a unique vibe to it. And I think that for a lot of the episodes, it's sort of like a war of attrition against the viewer. Like, it's breaking you down from things that you thought you liked about media and shows. And after, like, episode three or four, you're just sort of, like, in it, and you just accept everything that happens. And it's not until episode nine that you get the like scholarly cool awesome thing that's going on in the background where all of the weird stuff isn't just weird for the sake of like having a vibe if it was just that it'd still be a good show but it wouldn't be truly one of the best ones episode 9 gives it a reason for all happening it gives like that actual narrative uh, the, the the narrative reasoning to why all of these uh, little particular things are popping up and I think it does it very well by connecting it to Wirt as a character and, it, and his whole struggle to like be confident and, and to be his own man so i really liked it for what it did for Wurt, and also for what it did for the rest of the show and i think that episode 10 is also incredible uh, for doing much of the same things for for coming into a very fine conclusion but 9 for me is like the pinnacle it's 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 the well, right. creme de yeah. la creme and it's 10 like, is ten's the
2: denouement it's like how people consider <laughs> you know they consider ozymandias to be the best episode of breaking bad even though it's like two episodes out from the finale, but it's you know sort of like the peak. It's where it all comes to a head. Um, I yeah. think that's a pretty common phenomena, you know, of like the the penultimate episode sort of being like the real peak, it, the the denouement, right? Or as we call it, the denouement. Um, <laughs> um, so we're
1: not French.
2: Casey, screw those friends. Yeah. You, you are also a, a number nine Stan.
0: I am a number nine Stan. And I think it's similarly to what Charlie's talking about. Like, we go the entirety of the show, really, without getting any set rules, set, um, Like what's going on? Why are they lost? Why are they this, this and that? You know, like we don't have a lot of structure. And even as you were saying um, earlier, James, of like, okay, well, most of the episodes are kind of self-contained, like you can watch them individually if you wanted. But once you get to nine, then that's when all the puzzle pieces start to slide together, as Charlie was saying. Like it's starting to make more sense and that overarching narrative that they're been, that they've been just talking about and kind of teasing at throughout the past eight episodes. it all comes to a head. And you're like, oh my gosh, I get like, I don't know. If I wasn't getting it beforehand, I feel like episode nine right make me get it you know like I'd be able to sit and be like oh yes I get it now like I understand yep. what they're doing and where it's going and I'm excited
2: <laughs> you know yeah. like it was
0: just kind of like a um I, like you yeah. ever like have that piece of that that piece of media like you were talking about with Breaking Bad where it's like okay this is where ish gets real like we're in the home stretch <laughs> you it's, know yeah
2: like, yeah know. Yeah, like the beautiful just, 10 minutes of Tenet that, where it all makes sense and yes. then you go straight back into the nonsense.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah I, think, exactly. I think it's great.
2: I mean, it's a great, like, it's not even like it's a plot twist or anything. I, I wouldn't say this show has plot twists. Like, it's it's a, to me, Over the Garden Wall is is, like, it's a pretty straight-ahead plot. Like, it doesn't do crazy game-changer reveals or anything, but it just does it does everything it does it does very well like it's just incredibly clean execution of a very tight story um and so i think just seeing that payoff in episode 9 is really great so even if it's not some crazy like this is a like internal world designed and they've been trapped here for a million years and they like it's like no it's just here's here's how we got here and and it's just it's just as satisfying as any crazy other reveal would have been we can talk a little bit more about some fan theories later. Cause there's mm. there, this, this came at like the peak of cartoon culture. I think this gravity falls yes. like, yeah, I, I I don't know if this predates like Steven universe or whatever, but this was the cartoon golden age. I think where people like had all the fan conspiracy theory culture was going crazy. Um, and I got caught up in the frenzy as a, as a, as a, uh, like 12 13 year old in the following years um but my favorite episode is episode 7 the ringing of the bell i think mm. this is the so this is the episode with lorna and auntie whispers um and auntie
0: whispers
2: and i and think th- this is the best episode because to me this is the perfect microcosm of over the garden wall this in my opinion has like every disparate element that people love about this show all blended up and 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 confined into one episode it has the horror i think this is maybe the episode that leans most into like being overtly spooky like anti whispers is scary um, at least in you know before you know um and the lorna spirit is like scary um, I think this leans most into horror. It leans most into the sense of melancholy and kind of gloom that is in the unknown. It has the humor, it has the heart. You get that great little sort of awkward wort romance with with Lorna. Um, to me, episode oh, seven Lord. is is just <laughs> like this is when I think about Over the Garden Wall, it's all here. It has it all. Um, like if, if someone wanted to watch a single episode of Over the Garden Wall, I would say watch episode seven as like a proof of concept. Um, I
1: I think definitely fair. And I think that something that Over the Garden Wall maybe doesn't do incredibly well, at least early on, is it sort of front loads the series with not incredible episodes, like still very good. Like again, the show is a 10 out of 10 in my opinion. But when I show it to people, they start with the old grist mill and then two episodes later, Schooltown Follies and neither of those episodes are really the most interesting things. Like, I actually really like Hard Times at the Huskin Bee. I think that that's also a really good encapsulation of of Over the Garden Wall and a lot of the things that I like about it. But a lot of the better episodes like Ringing of the Bell come a little bit later on. Uh, so I wish the show was able to present itself like that perfect encapsulation a little bit sooner than all the way, like, uh, in episode seven.
2: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think there's like what the 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 old mill. I think sets the tone decently, and it introduces the Watchman, which is very important. Or not the yes, Watchman, yeah. the Woodsman. Well, um, woods. <laughs> but like I, I think between that, the pumpkin episode, and the school episode, I think you get a decent sampler. But it it's definitely not showing its full potential at that point. I think you're right about that. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah, and. And, like, it's hard for people that haven't seen the show to look at the old gristmill and and feel all of the stuff that I feel. Because, actually, like, it's such a vibe-based thing. Like, everyone in the room needs to be on the exact same wavelength to laugh at, like, a dog in a silly hat and the fact that there's a gorilla harassing the school. Like, watching that again is so funny to me, and the people I was watching with just were not laughing at all. Just (laughs) did not find it funny. And I'm sure that if they watched through the entire show, they would. Uh, because they would start getting the humor, but you know, maybe it is better that it sort of has that 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 harshness to it at the start. It's unequivocally itself the entire way through, and I think that's probably why I like it so much, is because it doesn't compromise. It doesn't try and ease you into it. Like over the garden wall is so precisely its weird specific emotion of nostalgia for a time that none of us ever really knew. Like so much of the show is based around Americana from like a hundred years ago, like over a hundred years ago. Uh, like I, I think that Wurtz wearing a, a Civil War era jacket, uh, and you get to see like again all of that animation stuff from like the nineteen twenties, which is way before any of us were, were born. I uh, so I don't know. I'm 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 glad that it's itself, and I I think that all of the episodes in the very least delighted me in some sort of way.
2: Definitely, this was the highlight oh, yes. of of my Delight. week. Delight. I I would Honestly. always you know. Yeah, I would, even Casey, <laughs> we're dance. We're doing a little dance yeah, here. You we're go, doing a you little go. dance. You go. Okay,
0: because even in like chapter two, like hard times at the Huskin Bee, like I have eaten my well. I didn't take notes per se, but I was like, I need to bring this up. That was the most pleasant indentured servitude I've ever seen.
1: Right. I was right. like, dang, they're
0: having a grand old time. And like, they're literally know. chains. <laughs> they're enslaved. And they're like, doo do, Let me go husk some corn with these skeleton pumpkin people. Like, anyways, but that's just kind of the entire vibe that it gives. It's like, oh, oh my gosh. Oh oh my gosh, these are so terrifying situations, but they're handling it so well. I think and this I've actually is actually got- so great.
2: I think I got two episodes mixed up. Sorry, Hard Times at the Huskin Bee is the pumpkin one? Yes. I got mm-hmm. that confused with the one where they're at the inn in the rain with the highway van. Oh,
1: I also love Songs of the Dark Lantern. I think that that one is really, yeah. really phenomenal. Yeah.
2: too. You know what's my least favorite episode? Which one? The Haunted, like the Mansion one. Oh, that
0: Mad one. Love.
2: Yeah, yeah. That, that one is just like, eh, I don't know. I'm
0: talking about Capitalism.
2: Very ah! <laughs> House of Leaves core. You know, house that is bigger than anyone actually realizes. I like, I like it more. For me and, the, and, and only me.
1: Well, I have heard of House of the Leaves, and I love the concept. Is that enough? Oh, thing? you've heard
2: of House of the Leaves? That's
1: great. House of the Leaves? Did I That's say what... it wrong? I've been... <laughs> shame! Really shame cleaves. upon me!
2: Shame. Oh, you, you said House of the Leaves, and I just needed to make sure you knew what you said. No, wow lying.
1: he said you're dumb yeah no james
2: that's, that's james. fair of you <laughs> to make fun of me on
1: air in front of all these people
2: yeah tens of listeners at home shame. are laughing at you shame.
1: 10s, that's shame. generous uh but but yeah chapter five's okay uh my i actually maybe schooltown follies is better than i remember because it gives us some very classic bits I mean, potatoes and molasses. Yeah,
2: potatoes and molasses. Come on, Potatoes and molasses. And I will say, I like, um, this is almost a completely unrelated point, but you know what I love? I love at the end of a show. I love at the end of a show when they give us a little montage and show us how all the characters are doing now, all the little side characters, how they're doing now. Like, at the end of this show, we see the woodsman, we see Beatrice, we see the schoolkeeper lady and her husband. We see the rich people from Mad Love. We see Auntie Whispers and Lorna. We see them all, and I just love that. I I love when a show is able. This is one of the few shows that's genuinely able to give every character their own unique, satisfying conclusion to their story. Like yep. Yep. every arc is wrapped up, and it's so nice to see. I I just you don't see that very often. Usually, someone gets the shaft. Someone is like unexplained or like rushed, but this show like makes sure everyone gets their due diligence. Everyone gets their screen time. Mm-hmm. And it's you know what crazy. other
0: show did that? What show? Not as well, but Gravity Falls. It did. You know, Gravity Falls did it. I,
2: Gravity Falls did a good job. I was thinking of the wonderful Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, but
0: oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: and that has a nice little montage at the end too, where you get to see where everyone is now. I think that's just like, I've got to be, if it, I'm going to make like, you know, the Hayes Code. Yeah. I'm going to make what? the James. <laughs> yeah. You know.
1: I, I mean, I know of the Hayes Code. I'm so excited to see this code. I'm
2: going to make the James Code, which oh. is things oh things I personally like a lot in, in stories that I think need to be in all of them. So if you want to myth, like, does, you know, like, it, it'll be like, does this movie pass the Bechdel test? Does this movie pass the James test? James and just, Coates. And it just doesn't have things that he likes in it.
0: Um, <laughs> so which, any action movie ever.
2: Yes. Oh, so yeah, totally. Didn't yeah. pass. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll have to actually sit down and compile what what goes in the James Code. I think definitely I want a little ending montage that shows how everyone's doing. I want yeah.
0: that. As we go on. Right, right.
2: <laughs> 525,000.
0: 5,600. <laughs> um, James graduated with a 4.0. And right, I <laughs> want <laughs> I want like that.
2: Or what's the one that's, uh, yes, I'm hopeful. Yes, I am hopeful, hopeful today. today. <laughs> Take this- Music, music, and music. Use it to take <laughs> exactly. you away. I mean you would
1: that. love Fast and Furious Five, I think I'll it is.
0: hopeful and I <laughs> see
1: you again.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I like that's a requirement. That's something that needs to be, and that's on the James Code. I think mm-hmm. I, I, I'll have to look back through like anything I've ever said about a movie because I, I feel like I do this a lot where I'm like.
0: Anything you've ever said about a movie? Right. Any, anything, anything everywhere wow. all
2: at once. Because I do it a lot where I, where we're talking about a movie and I go, I love when any movie does. And those are all going to be entries in the James code. Um, so I'm going to be looking through that. And I'll compile it at some point. Um, but let me stop. I've just spent like seven minutes talking about that. <laughs> what? <laughs> listen. Is, okay. Okay. Here's another Socratic question. Mm. This was a popular thing back in the day. People would talk about this all the time. And I'm still seeing video essays come out about it all the time right now, as in like a couple days ago, I saw another another new video essay pop up about the topic. Are they is this purgatory? Is the unknown purgatory? Or were they dead the whole time? Because that's yes. a very popular theory. Makes um, sense.
1: I no, that's like the show. That's like the idea of the show is that they're dead.
2: Is like, it that
1: they're
0: yeah. dead? No, I, I, they're like absolutely
1: I, dead. Like, and then they come back right before Wurt falls into the river with Greg. You get to see one of the tombstones in the cemetery says, says Quincy Endicott on it. Uh, so when they fall into the river, they're like effectively in purgatory or dead or whatever. And when they find their way out and kill the beast, they they're they're resurrected. They're back to life.
2: Oh, I yeah. never like I never understood that as them being literally dead. Like I, I,
1: I I'm pretty sure they are, baby. I don't know. I figured they could I'm have wrong. just
2: been like unconscious. I don't think it's ever made textual, but um, I think I don't know. I don't know, because I mean, it can be deeply inferred that they were dead, <laughs> I guess, because I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I suppose it makes sense. They certainly they didn't get like hit by the train, right? They fell into the river.
1: Yeah, they like, fell into the river. Yeah. Uh but it's also like the entire show is about souls. No, I and, I like, understand. Your way. Like
2: I, I get that. I guess I just I don't know. I, I never really like I don't know why that didn't that didn't really like I always knew that was an idea. It's like, oh they're dead, but I never like read it that way. I don't know. Um How I guess did you it, read it. I mean I just read it as like 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 more of rather a, a, a like some sort of liminal space between life and death. Because yeah. like, purgatory is is you are one hundred percent dead. This is the waiting room before well, we can get into the Catholic <laughs> theological <laughs> understanding of what purgatory is.
0: Do it to we haven't had a Jango's well, catholic there's,
2: there's gonna be a lot That's of like true. Listen, there's gonna be probably people who don't believe in purgatory in the comments that get mad about it. Cause oh, listen. All I'll say is that there's a lot of like fan theories where it's like this is purgatory where purgatory is some sort of limbo state between heaven and hell. That's not what purgatory is um that's yes. a that's a misunderstanding. Understood. Purgatory is like the waiting room before heaven, where it's like
0: I learned this in my theology class <laughs> where
2: it's like just get tidied, <laughs> just get tidied up in here, so you're already dead, but if you're in Purgatory, you're going to heaven, like you're good, you just yeah. have to. I don't know. Wait. Um, so I always think, think it's interesting oh no, when, when, no, I was just going to say, so I always like the sort of chuckle take your
0: number now. Yeah. I just
2: always chuckle when, when these, like a lot of fan theories will be like they're in purgatory and it's like seen as this like between heaven and hell. I think in over the garden wall you actually could make that case. Like, I mean, you could argue that wandering through the unknown is like sort of a waiting room of sorts, like I think you could make that argument for sure that it is like a purgatory type thing. So this is one of the few cases where I give it the the James Delicio certified thumbs up. Um, but yeah, that's my I guess that's the lesson for today is that's what purgatory is.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think for Clap over the for garden him. wall, yeah, everyone, Professor Professor Delicio has just delivered professor another sermon. Thank you. Oh, I know. It's not what professors do. They deliver no, lectures, I mean, priests, or the sermons. Depends. Can you tell that I go to church and class? Yeah, of course. USC, <laughs> a a right? Yeah. Is right. Uh, but for for Over the Garden Wall specifically, I think that reading it, like saying that it's purgatory doesn't necessarily need to mean that it is the Catholic or Christian conception of purgatory. Like to me, if it's I I think that it probably is a purgatory-like state, in that it is a place in between heaven and hell where souls are wandering endlessly, and that doesn't have to be connected to any sort of religious canon. Well, I guess Uh, I'm inspired by it for sure.
2: Yeah, I just think my argument is that like there is not a like if you're going to use the word purgatory, you are specifically you are specifically calling upon the Christian notion of it. Like,
1: I mean, not necessarily. I I would just use there's there's popular uses of the term that. That... Well, there is,
2: there is now, but I, I would just, I would, it's a pedantic, stupid argument about specific usages of words. But I would just say, like, liminal space. Like, there's a lot of other ways to describe something between two things, and purgatory mm-hmm. is not a thing between two things. Um, I mean, I guess, kind of, I don't know, anything's between two things. Let's talk <gasps> about stru- Let's talk about know. structuralism now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's, we, we can go in a lot of rabbit holes. But I know, I see your point, and I think, I think that's like. The interpretation is that, uh, of Over the Garden Wall at least, is like this is some sort of transient space between life and death. Um, And that's a a genre of media media that I've been digging into recently. I've been loving it. Afterlife by by Hirokazu Koreeda, 1999. Um, One of my new favorite movies of all time. Also about a liminal space between life and death. I guess you could argue that it's a purgatory-like state uh, that probably actually works better for afterlife. But if you like over the garden wall and you like ruminating about this the place you go before you go to an afterlife, if there is one, you should go watch Afterlife because it's very, very similar topic, very similar setting. Uh, so that's my film wreck of the day.
0: Uh, my film wreck when we're talking about the afterlife. Go watch Angel Beats, guys. Real. 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 Can I tell you, that had me snot bubbles. Plus it was also COVID, but like, I was so devastated. Angel Beats, I
2: haven't seen, but that's like a classic, isn't it? Classic. It's like up there with no game, no life. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Go watch Helsing.
1: Go uh, watch Helsing. Yes. A Go classic. watch The Devil
2: is a Part Timer.
1: <laughs> Start. Oh, my recommendation is R.I.P.D. Truly incredible movie with Jeff Bridges. What is RIPD? And
0: Ryan Reynolds. Way to bury the lead.
2: What is this? What is RIPD? I've never seen this.
0: Noob. RIPD is basically that Ryan Reynolds gets killed and then he gets like drafted into the supernatural police department, which are never mind. Um, It's
2: actually, this sounds like it rules.
1: This sounds like the best shonen I've ever seen. The Um, best shonen I've ever seen. I'm sorry. No, I need you, you can't guys to say R.I.P.D. rules as a concept. What? That's against everything that that the James Code stands for. Exactly.
0: Was, oh, hold what on. is this, James? You're moving the goalposts. I, I, un- I need you to know.
2: I needed you to. need you to know that unrelated to anything we're talking about on the podcast right now, I almost just threw up.
0: What? <laughs> <Whoa>.
2: <laughs> I almost just real threw up.
0: James, <laughs> are you? Did you see something? Are you? Yeah. made we, him listen. sick.
2: You want to? You want a story? So. We on have an, <laughs> We can talk about it later if you want. It's not it's not it's not it's not it's it's safe for work. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: tell me the story. Tell me the story.
2: I so <laughs> we have an herb rack in our apartment. Okay?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And and in in on that herb rack is a cup of water in which we propagate green onions. Because we don't want to buy mm, new green onions all the time. Scallions. So, yeah, you know, green onions, spring onions, scallions, whatever oh, yeah. you want to call them. You'll
0: never have to buy into, sorry. Right. So, so we've it, been
2: doing but... that for like five weeks. This batch of green onions has, has been giving. Um, and we've been receiving. And the other day, like I noticed over the past couple of days it hadn't grown as much. So the other day I went to go change the water because sometimes the water gets a little icky. Um, and I picked up the cup and like i got a, a waft of of smell
0: mm, onion water no mm. oh
2: no oh, i no. mean maybe i think these things rotted it was Whoa. the the worst the worst smell of rotting vegetation that i've it was actually i think the worst thing i've ever smelled it, it was like dude I, and I, like, had to pour it. Like, I had to throw them away, pour the water in the sink. Now the whole sink, sink smells like vomit. I'm, like, washing out the cup for, like, six minutes trying to get the stench out. Then I had, like, it was just, I had to clean out yeah. the whole sink. The whole time I'm, like, breathing through my mouth, gagging. Every It was so bad. And I just, for some reason, like, my olfactory bulb decided it wanted to remind me of that smell <laughs> just, Dang. like, a minute ago. Wow. Yeah. And I had a Nothing. real at a reaction
0: nothing (laughs) stank like propagation water stank it stank a lot like a rotting yeah roots and stuff it is
2: horrible stinks a lot like jack-o'-lanterns left out too long after halloween which brings me to over the garden wall (laughs) um what are take us some charlie lead us down this autumnal path where are we going
1: autumnal path where are we going yeah where are we going where prompting, are we going? Dun, dun, dun. Prompting me for a question with a question, it seems. Hmm, how circular, how circular. Uh, wonderful. What do I want to talk about with over the garden?
2: Uh, you picked the you picked the TV you show, my this. boy.
1: I, I picked the TV show. We've talked about a lot of the things that I I really do love about this show. I mean, I, I've I've talked about it. The art direction is is probably my favorite part. I mean, yeah. The, and, and Casey touched mm. on it. Like the character designs in here are so unique like I never would have thought that you could just put a like tea kettle upside down on somebody's head and suddenly it's the most iconic character design ever. Truly. Uh,
2: I love the reveal that it, it's in an in elephant cone. costume. The elephant yes. costume reveal is the realest thing.
1: Yeah. Truly. You know what? Let me ask this question. This is going to be entirely uh hypothetical and we could do research, but we're not that kind of podcast. How do you <laughs> think they got to that twist. Do you think it was that they had this idea for, like, this fun, like, world with all these animals and stuff, and it takes place during Halloween, and they needed, like, some sort of, like, twisty thing to bring it there? Or was it that they started with the twist all along and knew that they wanted to put in uh, hints to it? What do you uh, mean by the twist? The entire time. The fact that they're dead and this is, you know.
2: Oh, well, I think it's always sort of implied that it's, like... I think the whole framing of the show is that they're trying to go home. I think that makes it pretty clear that they are not from here and they make references to other stuff. Like they make references to real world kind of stuff, I feel like. Um,
1: yes. And and so in the final product, that's definitely how it is, right? They, they definitely have a, a very full uh, idea of what this is. But in the ideation stage, like uh, where do you think you mm. start for this? Like what is the, oh, the, the spark see, of hope?
2: You probably start with the the unknown world, I would think.
1: uh, And that bears, uh, and that's definitely true uh, to what I know of the show, because it started not as a miniseries, but as a short film. Uh, Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, There was a short film where they have like vegetables driving around in cars, which is awesome because it references the most specific piece of graphic design ever, which is seed packages from like the early 1900s and late 1800s. They are these seed packages with like vegetable people on them. They are the coolest thing ever. They have some at the Huntington Gardens in Pasadena, California. That you absolutely should go and see them. But the entire like character designs in that episode are based around those things. But regardless, it started off as this short film that then became a limited uh, a limited time series. And in the short film, they're also trying to go home, but they're already in the unknown at that time.
2: Right. It's called Tome of the Unknown for anyone who's curious. Tome of the Unknown. Tome um, of the Unknown. Yeah, I see a lot of people talk about like, oh, about wanting a season two or wanting more, wishing it was longer, maybe. And what's your feelings? What's your feelings on that? You know, on the one hand, I think it didn't overstay its welcome and I appreciate that. I always would much rather have a show that knew when to call it quits than a show that got too long. Um, But on the other hand, there's so much in this world that I would love to see more of. Like, I would love a. Prequel mm. spinoff about the woodsman. I would love to know more about just all of the creatures in this world. I'm sure there's so many more wonderful, you know, weird creations they could make, like the frog steamboat or the or the school for animals. Is the frog steamboat do you think that mm-hmm,
1: Frogland?
2: Is, <laughs> is is Cuphead referencing this? Is this is is do you know what I'm talking about, Charlie? Yeah.
1: They are both uh, referencing the rubber hose style of animation. Well, that's the style mm, like, uh, of, but is frog, like I'm, talking
2: the, of, I'm talking about frogs on a steamboat.
1: Uh, I'm pretty sure that that would be a, a popular, uh, it, it must be some popular animation from the time. Like, I, I doubt that that cut right. is referencing Over the Garden Wall. Cause I, which is I mean, yeah, referencing cause, cause, something else inevitably.
2: To say that they're both referencing rubber hose, it's like, yeah, it's the same style. But I'm talking, yeah, I'm talking like content. Um, it's
1: it's that whole era i don't know the specific uh scene with the frogs on the steamboat it's definitely a little steamboat willy in some aspects
0: uh oh it's so catchy that is free like not free range but the copyright's up
1: for steamboat willy
0: for that specific mickey the steamboat mickey it's up. Wow. not like newer Mickey, but like the Steamboat Mickey. So the what copyrights that,
2: what does that mean for So us?
0: people can like, like similarly to how people are like, okay, Barney and Winnie the Pooh are free of their copyrights. Let's just make them the most egregiously messed up thing <laughs> that we can think of. I right. feel like that's going to happen.
2: Ah, uh, I see you. Oh, wait, what is this? Over the Garden Wall, creator's new cartoon revealed. What does that mean?
1: Oh yeah, uh, I don't know much about it, but uh, Pat McHale definitely is is still making stuff, and was making stuff when he was on Adventure Time, and you could see a lot of the connection between Adventure Time and this show, like the character oh, yes. designs, the sense of humor, humor like,
0: definitely, definitely
1: humor. It's got that weird, like uh, lull so random aesthetic, but I think a little bit more finely cultivated. Although I I do love both shows quite quite deeply.
2: Oh, hey, he wrote the he was one of the writers for the screenplay for the new Del Toro Pinocchio movie.
1: Really? Wow. That
2: is a very exciting thing. It's a uh, super exciting thing.
0: Dad, yeah. when can I be a real boy? <laughs>
1: Completely
0: separate Pinocchio movie, but Yeah,
2: well there's there's that there's the Disney Plus Pinocchio movie. There's also the Del Toro one. We have Pinocchio fans are eating good
0: for real didn't know that there's this subculture for pinocchio but but yeah. here we
2: are but here we well. are so here we are it's that it's that it's At that time impasse. that time of the episode where it comes time to decide if you have more things you want to say or if we take an early adieu to the spiel zone it's not even an early adieu it's a relatively no, appropriate adieu
1: it's a relatively well-sized you? Uh, I just want to say that if you haven't seen this and you somehow made it to this part of the episode, number one, what the heck are you doing? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you
2: lost. You're in the wrong part of town.
1: <laughs> number two, you should watch it, and what you should do is you should make a habit of it. Every single year at around the same time in autumn, this should be the show that you come and watch because it's doing exactly what the cartoon is trying to make you feel. Uh, like if the cartoon is all about nostalgia, then one of the best ways that you can ever experience this show is to give yourself that sense of nostalgia by watching it over and over and over again. And most importantly, sharing it with other people. I feel the exact same way about this work that I do, uh, outer wilds and that the only joy, the, the only like true joy that I get from both of them is by showing other people how cool it is, uh, and getting them addicted to it. I, I still enjoy, uh, both properties. I, I still love playing the, the, uh, the game and watching the show, but like the true like rush that I felt the first time that I experienced uh, uh, the, the uh, two works of art is now felt by showing other people that. So do it. Try it. I promise you that it is worth it.
2: I'll never play Outer Wilds. You are a coward. <laughs> Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Podcast. It's been a real pleasure. It's so late. This is like 12 hours after when we normally record during the day, so I'm tuckered out.
1: I'm so tired. <laughs>
2: uh, but thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We love Over the Garden Wall, if you can't tell. Um, and I just got a whiff of the rotting spring onions again. You can, find us on out here. you can find us on social media on Instagram at Socratic underscore cinema and on Twitter at Cinema Socratic. And make sure you hit the bell on YouTube so you never miss a new episode. You can find us on all major podcasting platforms like Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, and the other ones like Podbean. Um,
0: so, Podbean.
2: <laughs> if, Pod. if you, whatever you like, we're there for you uh, to, to lift you up when you're feeling down. We're a helping hand. Thank you. And if you'd like to support the show monetarily, let me not forget, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Socratic Cinema for as little as $1 a month. You can help us do the show and help us finance it and keep the lights on. We're in a recession, people. That's all I have to say on that. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll see you Uh, in... uh, Ah, you got eager. I wasn't done. I did. I did. We'll (laughs) see you in... Uh, I'm sorry. That's my bad. That's my bad. Hopefully this episode will come out in October. That's all I have to say. Bye. Adios. Bye.